Today, I want to dive into um, really a breakdown of the book of Ephesians. And here's why I want to do that. Because in order to walk in our purpose and walk in our calling, there's a very powerful revelation of grace that I believe that we have to get, that we have to have. Now, grace is one of those kind of words that's like, if you were to do a keyword search, like the most common keyword terms that something, you know, in the church, grace is like one of the top three, right? Top five. You hear grace all the time. It gets used uh, pretty regularly. It's, it's great, but it's also a little bit dangerous, if I would say, because it has a tendency for to just kind of get overlooked sometimes. But in reality, grace is probably one of the biggest things that we have to get a revelation of. And the Bible speaks about it over and over again. But in the book of Ephesians, and I want to go through, really, it's probably going to be mostly the first three chapters today, but this type of teaching is what we, what you would call like an expository teaching, which means you kind of go through and break down uh, step by step, chapter by chapter, a lot of things that are in a book. Now, a lot of teachings that you probably hear me preach are what I would consider topical teachings, where you take a topic, you take subject matter that's really woven through throughout scripture and you help bring more context and revelation and unpack a lot of those truths. And so really for the most part today, we're going to stay in the book of Ephesians. Um, I may draw a couple of things out of other places, but the reason for that is in the first few chapters of Ephesians, there's this, there's this huge theme that stands out. And I want to see if you see that with me today. But to me, there's this huge theme that stands out that really speaks to us about grace. And it's, it's where I got some of the most profound revelations that I've had from my life on grace are in these first few chapters from the book of Ephesians. So we're going to go there today. All right. If you've got your Bibles, open them up. And we're just going to dive in right in the beginning in chapter one. And, uh, and I'm just going to kind of pause at times and bring certain things out. So hang with me. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 1 Paul opens up this letter obviously he's writing this to the church in Ephesus the leaders at the church in Ephesus Paul's actually in a Roman prison at this point where he's writing this and he says Paul an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God to the saints who are in Ephesus and faithful in Christ Jesus grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love now I'm gonna pause a second we're gonna pick right back up there but here's what I want to do. You're going to see as we open up more of these verses that he's basically talking about a lot of things that we have and that we have because of grace. Okay. And so it's important that we look at all these things because it's just, wow, the picture unfolds of everything that we have in Christ, we have because of grace. All right. I'm going to get to the definition of grace in a second, but look at this. The first thing he says is he says what? Every spiritual blessing. 
Now this is one of those kind of statements that really just kind of makes your mind go like every spiritual blessing. That is so wide and so deep and so vast that our minds could never grasp what that all of that means. But listen, let's just for the sake of teaching today and the sake of getting this revelation, we're at least going to say when he says every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus, spiritual blessings pertain to everything heavenly, everything spiritual that God needs and wants to give us in order for us to fulfill that calling and that purpose for our lives that he has for us. Because how many know? We, we know it takes not just natural things, it takes spiritual things. It takes supernatural impartation and empowering that can only be given by the Holy Spirit to come to us in order for us to do what God has called us to do. So every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. Picking back up in verse four or verse five, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. And here's a key statement to the praise of the glory of his grace. So all these things that he's saying, he's basically saying this is praise to the glory of God's grace. God's grace is the reason for this. We are to acknowledge that it's by grace that all these things that I'm laying out for you are a part of who we are and what we have in our lives. In him we have, verse 7, redemption through his blood, forgiveness of sins. Here we are again, according to the riches of his grace. So I'm going to say redemption, which is being made right with God. Right, we were, we, we were born into the world in sin, so there's a separation there. And then whenever we receive forgiveness and God's Spirit comes to live on the inside of us, we are brought back into a right place of standing before God. And so we have that redemption and we have forgiveness of sins. Now, I don't want to get too far off on a side trail, but can I just say this? This is Forgiveness is all-encompassing. I've heard people say, Pastor, you just don't know what I've done. I understand about forgiveness, but there's certain things that are just unforgivable. Really? I mean, I get in the natural how that seems right, but not according to Jesus. Not according to the blood that I know that was spilled for me. Because if, if, if we're talking about sins have a ranking here, and some are forgivable and some aren't, then that just abolishes and negates everything that we read in the New Testament. Right. So there is no unforgivable sin that we've created prior to knowing Jesus that he doesn't make us clean of if we have a repentant heart. So we've got spiritual blessings. We've got redemption. We've got forgiveness picking back up. In verse 8, which he made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself. So we have his will for our lives is also a part of what he's unpacking here and that in the dispensation of the fullness of the times he might gather together in one all things in Christ both which are in heaven and which are on earth in him in him also we have obtained an inheritance an inheritance which is another one of those deals, right? I mean, that's like every promise that we step into, everything that we inherit that Christ has paid the price for us to have. We have an inheritance 
And then he also says, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of will. So being predestined. So listen, predestined or preordained means that there's a, there's a calling and there's a purpose that God has written for our lives that he's created us for. Before we were ever even born, God knew what this thing was. So he says that we are predestined with a purpose. All right, and I'm just, I'm just laying all these out so we can get this context here of what grace gives us according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, that we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. So, so all of these things, everything that we have that God gives us, everything he makes us, is, is because of his grace, active, operative, and flowing into our lives. Paul said it another way. He said, I am what I am by the grace of God. So he speaks about identity. He speaks about his place with God, his right standing, his forgiveness. He says, I am what I am by the grace of God. And he also says, and I labored more abundantly than, you all, than they all, not by my hand, but by the grace of God that was in me. So essentially, paraphrase, he said, I do what I do by the grace grace of God. So he's saying, my identity and my work all happen, all flow, all function and exist because of grace. Okay? So grace is flowing, and when grace is flowing, we see all of these things. We acknowledge there's awareness, and they're active and operative in our lives because grace is flowing from God. Now listen to this definition of grace. I love this, okay? And everywhere you read in Ephesians where you see that word grace, in the and you unpack this definition, this is what it is. It says that grace is favor, being disposed to or inclined to, favorable toward, leaning towards, to share with or to benefit. It is preeminently used as the Lord's favor, freely extended to give himself away to people because he is always leaning toward them. God freely extending himself, reaching with favor and grace, inclining to people because he is disposed to bless and be near them. Powerful grace. God is always leaning toward his children. He is always inclined to want to bless us. He's always inclined to want to put his hand to our lives. He's always leaning in the direction of us. He wants to give us his grace. He wants his grace to be operating in our lives in every way all the time. It's constantly God is leaning into us. To do now think about this. We have, um, think about all the light sockets in this room. I don't even see any right now. That's uh, okay. Uh, there's light sockets. Okay, so we got, no, that's not an outlet either. That's a mic cable. Anyway, all right. We know what they are. So there's light sockets in the building, right? Now, everybody just assumes when you see a light socket, if you've got a lamp or you've got something that you need to plug in, you just walk over and you plug that thing in and, and then you turn your device on and what happens? Boom, you've got power, right? And you ever walked up and you just plug something in and nothing happens? You're like, well, that's weird, right? You, you think and maybe there's a, a, a breaker has been tripped or a fuse is out or whatever. Or maybe it's on a different circuit and you got to go down to the breaker box. So there's no power there. You've got nothing happening. 
when grace is flowing in our lives, just like there's always a current running to these outlets, when grace is flowing into our lives, there's always power happening where grace is flowing. There's always, this is key here, getting back to game changers in our purpose, guys, when God's grace is active and operative and flowing in our lives, God's will is always advancing in our lives at that time. Does that make sense? His purpose. If we say, well, what does my purpose look like, pastor? What does it look like? I mean, I want it. And how do you see? Listen, one of the things that I can just establish for you that I've, the Lord's established with me is as long as I am staying in a place where his grace is flowing into and through me in my life, then I know his will for my life is advancing, is expanding. And I can look at it and say, this is what the will of God looks like for me. Because because grace is flowing. Are you with me? Just like you can plug a, something into the light socket, there's power there, something gets turned on. When grace is flowing, God's plans and purposes for our lives are before us, are in front of us, are being laid out as we step one day at a time. The, the, so the flow of grace into our lives is really what we're after here. It's what we're, it's what we're seeking to unpack and get more revelation on, right? We know that the grace of God is the key. Now take a look at this in Ephesians. We're going to jump ahead just a little bit to chapter 2, verse 10. It says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Purpose, preordain, prior to your birth, powerful, world-changing things that we're all created for, not some. It's right there. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. We are created, we are His workmanship, which means an ongoing work in process, constantly being perfected to a final state, which that isn't achieved until we go to be with Jesus in heaven. Okay? We are His workmanship, created to walk in good purposes. So God fully intends, we see this from the, from the definition of grace, and we see this from Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. 10, God fully intends, desires fervently to always have His grace flowing in and through our lives and for good works, world-changing things to be happening, influence for God, making Him famous, to be flowing right out of our lives as evidence and as, as basically an outworking of the grace that's just flowing right through us, like a, the power coming through a conduit. Are you with me? He wants us to walk in good works. Now, I want to show you something about grace, that this is really what I've been trying to build up to. Are you guys with me so far? Everybody looks so serious. <laughs> Are we okay? All right, I'm, I'm having fun. You guys look like you're real serious today. All right, can we turn the lights up a little bit or something? I don't know what it is, but yeah, let's, no? All right. <laughs> so we're, you're, you're with me on the grace stuff that we've been talking about. Now I want to show you something. Wow, this is awesome stuff. All right, chapter 2, verse 8. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Two words that we need to grab onto that are going to change the game. 
through faith. By grace, through faith. Everybody say that. By grace, through faith. Now, the word... Let me get back to my little deal here. All right, so we've got all this, and we know grace, right? Operative and flowing. Now, faith and grace. That word by or through faith. The word through, when you actually look at that in the Greek, it's a, just a little prefix, a little word, root word called dia. All right, but what that means is it actually is used a lot of times and commonly in communication in the way that they would uh, structure their writing and, and speak to each other. It actually means like a bridge. It means to bridge two things together, to create something that links one thing to the next. So here's what I'm trying to get to. Grace is free. It's a gift. It's powerful when it's touching our lives. It's blessing everything that it is a part of. You want your marriage to be blessed? You need grace in your marriage. You want your work of your hands, your career to be blessed and prospering? You need grace from God flowing into that area of your life. Your family and so on. Are you with me? Grace touching those areas and those things is where God's blessings come alive. It's where the will of God is advanced and happening in all the different parts of who he's called us to be. But he says something very profound in verse 8, and I'm going to show it to you again a few verses sooner than that, where he says, it's by grace, but it's through faith. Through faith. Faith, meaning believing that you have this free grace, the belief, the faith, the acceptance is the key for the bridge being gapped and for the grace to become operative in my life. See, I'm going to say it to you this way. You can't can't have grace in your life from God the way he's laying this out unless you first believe you have it. If it doesn't exist where it's flowing into your life until you have faith that God wants to give it to you and that he is giving it to you and it's not by works just like he said says lest any man should boast it's not by the talent of your hand it's by his grace and it's by the free gift that his son paid the price for you to have and when you get a get a revelation of that and this thing opens wide open to you you realize there's nothing that I can do I have to just have faith and believe and then when I believe in an area grace is flowing into my life in that area and then I walk in that grace almost like a rhythm of grace where the will of God is just opened and unpacked and just revealing itself day in and day out and I just have to keep walking in faith and as I walk in faith so does grace follow are you with me and, and really guys everything that we have in Christ you could say this of we have it by grace through faith everything that God has done for us look at this let's just start right from the beginning go to verse 11 in him we have obtained in chapter 1 an inheritance being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, that we who first trusted in Christ 
should be to the praise of his glory. In him you trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. So he said all these things about grace, but what he said is, is that you first trusted. You first believed, and then you had. Right? You accepted. you, And what? how did they have faith? How did they get faith? He says, I'm going to read it to you this way, and then I'm going to say this another way. In whom you also trusted after you heard the word of truth. See, the Bible says in another place, it says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The Holy Scriptures the Bible is God's Word. And as we hear the Word, as we receive the Word, then what that does is we, it, it establishes faith for what we're hearing, what we're being promised, what we're being told that God said and is still saying. And it establishes faith in us. And then as faith increases, so goes the flow of grace into our lives. Are you with me so far? Right? So, so faith is, is prior to grace. Grace flowing happens when faith is established. And how do we get faith? Faith comes by hearing the word of God. Now, something very supernatural happens, okay, when this takes place. When, when we hear the Word of God, first of all, the Word is living. It's alive. It's not like a book. It's not like any other text. God's Spirit is breathing. It's moving. It's living. It's speaking to us. As we open it and with a discerning heart, with God's Holy Spirit in us, it reveals these truths to us. And as we hear the Word of God, preached, spoken, we read the Scriptures, God, we pray, God speaks to us. As we hear His Word, it begins to establish to increase and to grow the faith in us for what it is that God is saying. And as, as faith begins to increase, the flow of grace in our lives become more evident, more powerful, and begins to increase as well. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So we've got to take it in. We've got to fill ourselves with the Word of God. We've got to, we've got to not just hope things work out. We've got to seek what God has to say about something. Listen, if we are praying, you know, for something to happen in our lives or hoping that something happens, okay, do we know what God has said about that thing already? Because you can pray, perhaps people can pray and not actually have a revelation from the word of God or, or God's purpose for our lives about what it is that we're praying for, right? When it says praying and believing you shall receive, believing it means to have an established basis of faith and of truth according to what God has said about what you're praying for so that when you're praying, you're praying in line with the will of God for your lives. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you would bless our finances because I know your word says that whenever we covenant with you in the tithe, when we give, that you will provide for us. Do you understand what I'm saying? You're praying not from some empty place or empty position. You're praying off of a platform, off of a base of, of faith that's been established in you. The Bible says in, in Proverbs, it says that faith is the substance, substance of things hoped for. 
for the evidence of things unseen. So faith is substance. That's pretty interesting, isn't it? That means I can, I can get some leverage off of that. I can, when I'm praying for something, I'm going to pray off of something solid, some substance, some faith that's been, that's been established in me from the truth. And then when I pray, my faith is active. And so as my faith is active, grace is active in my life. And that free gift, that supernatural moving and impartation of God's hand and his power being released into my life. We just look at it and we, all we can really come up with for a word of it is grace. And that's what we call it. But that means that I have faith for what God has said, for what he's told me of who I am and what I'm to do and how I'm to do it. And as I move in that in faith, his grace is flowing right into my life to make that thing a reality, which means my purpose that God has created me for is happening. It's coming to pass. It's coming to fruition. It's being fulfilled. Are you with me? Yeah. Hallelujah. Man, I'm... Whoo! All right, so... So he says, you first heard and then you believed, right? So we hear the word of God. We hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. We hear it first. We believe it. He's my savior. Yes, that's right. He died for me. I accept that. I believe that. He's my Lord. I hear it. I believe it. And then whew, here comes the grace of salvation right into my life. Do you see that? As we hear it and we believe it, so the grace flows right into our lives. It's like an automatic thing with God. It's immediate. Oh, and God, only God knows the heart. So he sees it and he says, hey, believe it. There's faith. God is free to just, he's, he's, he moves into our life with that grace that's free, that's empowering, that is, is doing what, we, what it is that he's calling us to do. Faith by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, this is why I think a lot of times, back to the whole, you know, faith is a supernatural thing. The Bible says that God gives each of us a measure of faith. So there's a gift in itself right there. He's already gifted us a measure of faith to accept and receive the, his son and the word of his truth. But, but faith is increased in us as we walk out our days on this earth. We know that because the apostles even said, Lord, increase our faith. We have faith, but our faith is being increased. How is our faith being increased? It's being increased by hearing the word of God. And as the faith is being increased, the power of grace flowing into our lives is happening more and more every day. So, he's, so I think this is why a lot of times when it comes to faith, that people that have to try to rationalize this stuff stumble. Because the way that faith is imparted and the way it is established is never an intellectual highway. It, it never goes through the head and, and sifts through the head and the, and the mind and the intellect. And then it says, oh, I understand it. I get it. It makes sense. Okay. And boom, faith drops in. No. Faith is a work of the Spirit. God's Spirit and our spirit are beneath the natural man. They're beneath the skin, beneath the brain, beneath the intellect. It's in the deepest part of us. The Bible calls it our inner man. And so as the Spirit reveals truth to us, faith faith is established, it happens on the inside and then works its way out. Quite frankly, there's things about faith that I know that I don't even understand. So if the mind has to grasp it, we're going to limit ourselves from a lot of the things God wants to do in our lives and a lot of that power of grace flowing into our lives as well. That's why Jesus said, faith like little children, they don't have that, they don't, they haven't developed that where they have to sift through everything in their head first, right? And so as we as, as adults, we almost got to get to the point where we 
can get ourselves to disconnect our intellect from everything, hear the word of God, receive it, believe it, and you believe me, you know when God's spirit speaks to you and reveals truth to you, you know, wow, that is truth. Nobody's going to take that from me. That thing is a part of who I am now, and I have faith for what that means in my life. That's why in the book of Proverbs, it says in Proverbs 14, 33, wisdom rests in the heart of him who has understanding. When we receive revelation, when God speaks to us, when he shows us truth and it becomes a part of us, a faith establishment, it's there to stay. It might not be something that we acutely are aware of every single day, but believe me, when the moment comes and the day comes where you need your faith to be activated and operative for the grace to flow into your life for that thing, if God spoke it to you and he gave you revelation, you will be able to draw off of that which is resting in you that God has already revealed to you. Are you with me? Wisdom rests in the heart of him who has understanding. Now, this is amazing when you think about this. Think about it this way. God wants the grace to be flowing in our lives. He wants the power to be activated and operative in our lives, clearly. Faith is required for that. Faith is required for that. But the process of getting faith, growing in us, of increasing, is really all about knowing Him more. Wow. It's really all about knowing Him more. Reading the Word, hearing the truth, praying and speaking to God, having Him speak to us, hearing the message, right? It's about really knowing Him. So, in God's perfect plan, infinite wisdom, as Paul's already called it here, He simply wants us to know Him more. And as we know Him more, as we become closer to our Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, as we become more intimately connected to who He is and the personality of Him and who He says we are, as we, it's, it's not about necessarily, oh, I've got this power. It's about, oh, I know you more, Jesus, my Savior, my Lord. I know you more and better. Oh, my faith is being elevated. Oh, the grace is flowing into my life. Oh, your will is being fulfilled and the world is being changed. Amen? He, he just simply wants us to know Him more and it's not rocket. It's, it's here. It's right here. How to know Him? It's right here. Now again, back to the intellect thing. The Bible says that the, God has chosen the wisdom of this world to confound the wise. That doesn't make sense to some brain, you know, intellectual person. Well, I, don't, I don't understand that. You know, he's just, what do you mean? A living word? I, you, you don't understand it because it doesn't start here. It starts here and then it flows out. I don't really need to understand it all. I thank God and I praise God when I do. But can I just say, I don't have, to, I don't need to understand everything. I want to, I want to receive it and I want to have it revealed as truth in me. And if I can't rationalize it or wrap my brain around it or unscramble it all, I'm just telling you, I am perfectly okay with that. Some people aren't. I'm perfectly okay with it because I've seen the power. Oh, 
I've seen the power and the grace flow into my life because of a faith that was established from hearing a truth that I never even understood to begin with. But there's power for it when it happens. The power is not linked. The grace is not linked to the understanding of the natural mind. It's linked to the faith of the spirit man that's been established by hearing the word of truth. Amen. Amen. All right, now I'm going to close with these points here. You guys like this book of Ephesians? It's pretty good, isn't it? I mean, I love this book and the preeminent message of grace that just speaks out at us here. And again, grace is so key to get this revelation of so that we walk in our purpose for our lives that God has called us to. Raising up game changers means people need to get a revelation of grace to understand this, right? So now getting into chapter 3, all right, I'm going to read the first six, seven verses here, Paul, what he says. For this reason I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for you Gentiles, if indeed you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which was given to me for you. Now, one of the things he's talking about here is how he received a revelation of the fact that Gentiles, non-Jews, were going to be a part of the kingdom of God. That had never been considered before by the Jewish culture. It was just if you were Israelite, Jewish, that was God's chosen people. All of a sudden, Paul gets this revelation. It's not just about the Jews. It's about all of humanity who receives the message of the gospel. Gentiles, non-Jews alike. And so he's talking about, I received this message. But here's what I want to point out. He says here, the grace of God which was given to me, I give to you. Very, very powerful. The grace of God that flows in us is meant to also flow out of us. It's not really meant to stop here. We're not reservoirs that hold. We are simply a vessel for it to be poured out of and through. There's no stopping. There's no damming this thing up. He's saying the grace of God that was given to me, I give to you. We can't give what we don't have. What the world needs is a revelation of grace. They need to understand the forgiveness and, and the salvation and the message of the gospel and so that the, 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 the spirit can come and it can be ignited with God's purpose and his salvation. And if we are receiving the grace that's flowing through us, it's meant to flow out of us and have outward implications in the world around us. Not just affect our life, but believe me, it blesses everything we touch in our lives. But it's really meant to keep on flowing and keep on moving and touch people in our world. Because when they get touched by grace, again, don't get it, but power, when they get touched by grace, whoo! There's something about the grace of God getting on somebody because it flowed out of one of his vessels. It just, it's, on, it's, it's, it's just attractive and it just draws them in and it just, it just collides with the, the worldview and it just breaks it apart and breaks it down. And it, it's like, what is this? Well, it's grace. You may not even understand it, but it's grace and it touched you and it's going to change you if you'll allow it to. Amen. So he says, oh, he says, this grace that I have, this grace that I give to you. And then he says here in verse 14, 
It says, for this reason, I bow my knee to the Father. I always, I don't know about you, but when he says, for this reason, I want to know, well, what is that reason, right? For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his Spirit in the inner man, Let's continue. That Christ may dwell in your heart through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth and the height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we think or ask according to the power that works in us, to him be the glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all the generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Wow. Wow. For this reason, I bow my knee. Leaders in Ephesus church, for this reason, I, I'm bowing, I'm praying, I'm begging God that he would give you a revelation of his love, that he would fill you up with your faith, that he would strengthen you in the inner man, which means your faith is being increased because he knows and he understands that the grace is going to explode out of their lives. Of course, that's what he would pray. Right? Of course. For this reason, I bow my knee. Stand to your feet. I'm going to close with this. And then he says this. He's talking about coming to God who freely wants to give, freely wants to impart, wants to build us up and, and strengthen our inner man. He says in verse 11 and 12, According to the eternal purpose which we have accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in Him. Boldness and confidence. We have access through faith in Him. The Bible says in another place in Hebrews chapter 4, it says, Come boldly to the throne of grace. This is what I want to close with. It's right there. It's free. But we must come. We must hear. We must believe. And then we receive. But here's the point. He says, come boldly and come confidently. We must not treat this casually. This is not a side project. This is not another item on our to-do list. This is not, I'll try to fit this in this week. If you hear what I'm saying, nothing can get in the way of this in your life. He says, come boldly and come confidently. My son died so that a door could be opened and that you could have access to my throne, the throne of grace, so that you may receive what you must have in your time of need. Come boldly to the throne of grace. Come confidently because Jesus died for you to have that. Don't treat it casually. Don't be timid about it. Don't be, oh, I'm not sure. Don't treat it as another thing that you have to fit in in your life. This is central to your purpose. It is central to God creating you to be who he's called you to be. The fulfillment of your purpose, of your plan for, his, for your life that he has for you. It all 
hinges on us getting a revelation of, of grace and coming to Him consistently, hearing His truth so that He can impart faith to us that we may believe what He said, that the power can then move and flow and we will call it grace. And the world can be changed. I don't know about you, but I believe in a world that has hope. We have hope for this world. We have hope for this nation. I believe that. And I believe that if we are going to see something of revival, something of God moving miraculously across our land, changing hearts, changing things that are so locked up and confused from the world's point of view, it's going to have to be a force of grace. It's going to have to be a, a, a sweeping move of grace that collides with all of the wrong in the world. Because we're not going to reason it with people. We're not going to rationalize it with people. We're not going to debate them into the kingdom. It's going to take a move of grace. And I want grace flowing out of my life every day into everything that God is calling me to do. And all I know is that I just need, I just need to know him more. And I love that because that's the best part. When we know him more, it's like you can't even get just a little bit of God, a little bit more of who he is without just being like, whoa, man, is that amazing or what? When that word of truth and that revelation drops into your spirit and something's there that wasn't there before, it's in the inner man in the depth of you. It changes you like nothing natural in this world can do when it touches you. I just need to know him more. We just need to know him more. Amen. Amen. By grace, through faith.